Hello and welcome to episode 153 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark. Now joining me on today's episode is the return of a guest that was easily one of my most downloaded episodes I've ever done. One of my most popular guests where the feedback was absolutely phenomenal. So many people love the journey that he's been on, how honest he was, how open he was, and the journey that made him come from this really dark place to such a better life now. That's right, today this is part two of Joey Kramer. This is easily one of my favourite interviews again that I've done. I thought part one was open. I thought part one was really, really gripping and really, really heartfelt. But this one knocks it completely out of the park and I can't wait to share it with you in just a couple of minutes time. But before we get to that, let's touch base and talk about the previous episode. I was joined by the return again of a really popular guest, the incredible genius, Neil Blomkamp. The interview has done so well. It's had the most single downloads in a day ever. It's on course over the next probably two or three weeks to be my most downloaded ever episode. And the best thing is, you never know what you might get. You never know if Neil might come back for another episode in the near future. So all I'll do is say, watch this space. But let's get back to today's episode. As I said, this is the part two of Joey Kramer, and I can't wait for you to listen. But before I do, I want to mention the documentary that we talk about during this interview, Life After the Navigator. It's done by an incredible documentary maker, Lisa Downs, and I'm thrilled to say that she will be coming on the podcast in the very near future, so also keep a lookout for that. So I think the best thing to do right now is to get the interview with me and Joey. So here's me and Joey talking all things Navigator. So Joey, thanks for coming back on the Mark and Me podcast. My pleasure, my pleasure. It's been, I reckon, I'd say about eight or nine months since you've come on the podcast and the response to when you first came on was absolutely huge and everybody absolutely loved your documentary because over in the UK it came on to Amazon Prime. Mm Mm-hmm. Have you been since we last spoke? Is life still treating you well? Life is, uh, it is. It's treating me really well. I, uh, I'm still working hard. I think um, I found a really uh, amazing acting coach. So I was, I really dove into some, some really cool like audition techniques and kind of script stuff and, and just uh, taking everything that I'd learned up to this point and kind of starting to apply it. Cause something I found was, um, there's a whole, uh, it's just a different, a different style of, of, uh, of acting to like, to get a part to audition. So I, so um, I found a great coach and, and it's actually a cool story because we're about the same age and, uh, and his name's Jeb Beach. He's here in Vancouver and he actually, uh, he saw Flight of the Navigator when he was 12, right? 12, 13 and was like, Hey, I can, I can be an actor. It was the first time that he thought to himself, oh, I can be an actor. So it's really interesting. And and I think it's one of those things, the way the the universe works and and brings things full circle. And um, because we connected and he told me this story of how he saw me in that film and then wanted to be an actor. And so he went to school and uh, didn't, you know, and then became an actor. And now is an acting coach as well as an actor and stuff like that. So so then we we connected and so it's just been uh it's been really really great and um and he's helped me a lot 
so it's a small world, isn't it? You don't realize sometimes when these things cause a kind of full circle and the fact that he was influenced by you and now you're kind of learning and taking from him. It's, it's, it's a quite a nice little story. It really is. It's, uh, it's really cool. And I mean, on that same kind of thread there, I've, I've connected with uh, some friends of Lisa Downs and stuff and, and, uh, and then some other people, filmmakers, et cetera, who are all over the world who got into filmmaking because of seeing Navigator and, and, and wanted to do stuff. So it's, it, it's pretty special to be involved in that film. And then, uh, and then the response from the documentary as well has just been incredible. Um, you know, people reaching out saying that that they they're able to talk about uh, you know stuff with their with their friends or family maybe that they didn't before stress or anxiety or uh, you know depression even you know things like um, even some addiction and things like that. So so it's really kind of opened up. Um, shown people that it's okay and that we've, you know, uh, and that was part of my goal for being so candid and talking so freely about my, what I'd been through was so that people could relate and, uh, and see that it's okay that when, even when we unearth our deepest, darkest secrets, uh, the world doesn't end. You know, it almost gets better because it gives you that freedom once, once those things are out. When we last spoke, we were talking about the documentary and I hadn't seen it at the time. I think it was only just finished and it was ready to come out. And yeah. since we've last spoke, I've seen the documentary and A, it was absolutely brilliant. And Lisa's done a fantastic job with the team. But what really opened my eyes up was just how honest you were and the fact that there was no hold bars. You know, you, you were literally to the point where you were just allowing access all areas at all times and you were really brave to allow that i have so much admiration and respect for you for just being so open thank you thank you well it's uh it was it was hard to do i think at the at the time but i also i really trusted lisa and ash yeah. uh with uh you know with my story and with making something really special and really neat out of it so it really they, you know, their, my faith in them and, and their heart and their love for the movie and, and then wanting to do this documentary uh, really gave me the freedom to be completely myself, uh, to open up and just, uh, and it all just kind of came pouring out of me. And, and yes, Lisa did an amazing job editing, putting together, finding this, this beautiful story uh, and the celebration of the film and stuff, there was so much cool stuff that even I had never seen, you know, the, the old Chris O'Donnell aud auditions and, and, and even some of my old audition tapes were so neat and, and the behind the scenes, the really, the cool movie magic was, it was incredible. All of the CGI, of course, but then the other things, the in-camera effects and some of them I was there for, but some it was like, wow, oh, that's how they did that, right? That's how this worked. And, and so it, uh, it kind of re renewed my, my love of the film as well. <laughs> was it strange watching it back? Did you kind of think, oh, my God, like, like oh God, I can't believe I've let that make the final cut? Or was it just a relief that it was all done and they were seeing the real you because there's nothing worse than watching a documentary where it's staged or someone isn't really being themselves you don't realize how the viewers can actually see it it's very transparent but 
you know, there's no doubt about it. You were you and you'd put yourself completely on the line for Lisa. Thank you. Thank you. I, um, it was definitely nerve wracking there. You know, she had sent me uh, a couple of rough cuts to have a look at and we talked about it and, and, uh, and then I had, you know, some inputs and some thoughts um, to kind of tie some threads together. Um, there were, and, and there were definitely things that I was hesitant about including, um, you know, because even though my story is coming from my perspective, there was um, still a lot of people in my life that were affected by my uh, story, by my yeah. journey, um, you know, who are still close friends and family. And, and so I was a little hesitant as to what people might think of, um, you know, of some of some of the things that I disclosed and, and stuff like that. But I was able to actually talk to some people and 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 thing and and kind of say, you know, I this was a huge part of my life and I want to talk about it. And I'm just, you know, and and is that okay with you? And and it was all it was all good. And um, there were definitely some some hard things uh talking about my dad and stuff and and uh but i think that the important part was that um was the was the resolution that we had that you know before he passed away and things like that that we got to actually have these kind of some connected moments and and uh you know connect <laughs> do, do you think that kind of when i watched the documentary it was an opportunity for you to address those things that maybe you wouldn't have addressed if it wasn't for the documentary so maybe you've just left them too far in your soul or the back of your head and it brought it to the surface but it was a good way because it mean that you could resolve them and actually if there's demons there in the past you brought them to the forefront and you were able to acknowledge it and kind of do what you needed with those yeah I um I think that I I like I did deal I did work on a lot of the um you know, my guilt and shame and kind of, you know, tra trauma issues and stuff when I was in the, the, the Guthrie, the therapeutic community yeah. based in Nanaimo Corrections there. So I was able to, st to start to unearth a lot of this stuff and really come to terms with things and, and realize that, uh, it, especially one of the big realizations was that I've done bad things, but I'm not a bad person. Exactly. It, right. And that's the, that's the difference and that's I think an important message or lesson for for everyone to acknowledge is that we may feel bad at times or feel like we've you know done wrong or or just feel less than but we are inherently you know good underneath our hearts and everything and stuff like that so to follow you know to follow my heart and just um was was a huge lesson uh and uh yeah i think i got a little i got a little sidetracked with that one but <laughs> no it's it's uh, it's what i love about you is you are you and you don't put on a brave face or you're you're not scared to be upset or just be honest because you've gone through the worst times but you've come out of it and that's a lot of the feedback and i, I remember sending you messages and emails with what comments have come through from listeners last time and there's a lot of people out there that are doing things they regret or that you know would reflect badly on them but it doesn't make them a bad person overall and it's the message that I got from the last episode is that it doesn't define you who you are 
even though those actions have taken place. And that's one yeah. of the lessons I've learned, especially from you, Joey. You. And what what advice do you give to people? Because I've found that a lot of the listeners to the podcast are people that are struggling with mental health and depression mm -hmm. and anxiety, and people aren't as scared anymore to admit they need help, which is a good thing. People are more open to saying, look, I'm a man, I'm in my 30s or 40s, and do you know what? I'm suffering and I need help. But yeah. what advice do you give to people that are finding it too hard to let go and they still know that the actions that they've done are making them the person they are, which isn't the truth, is it? You know, it doesn't define you overall. No, it really doesn't. And, and I think a, another important uh, piece on that same is that uh, sometimes we haven't done wrong, but uh, say if you're dealing with the mental health or you're dealing with, uh, you know, family trauma or depression or, or some sort of something, there's been a lot of stigma and a lot of uh, labeling that, that makes it, like, oh, you're, there's something wrong with you if you've got a chemical imbalance. There's something wrong with you if you have anxiety or if you, you know, have panic attacks or if, you, if you're depressed or, and there isn't. No. There isn't something wrong, you know? There, there's nothing wrong with us. We, uh, we just, we have this life and, and we've got to work with what we've got. And I think, so one of the, one of the biggest lessons and one of the biggest eye-opening revelations or moments of clarity, if you will, like that happened for me was that um, once I was able to talk about all of those kind of deep, dark secrets, those things that I didn't want to share with anybody because I was afraid that they wouldn't accept me, that they wouldn't uh, see me the same, that they wouldn't love me anymore, that they wouldn't be my friend. Uh, um, once I, I just opened up then then those you know those demons yep. that had been holding me down so long were all of a sudden out in the light right and they and then they had no power anymore over me like they whereas I'd been keeping these secrets and keeping these this um, you know hurtful self-talk and and I'd just been I'd been stuffing it all down and, and, and that's uh, exhausting, it, isn't it? The weight of that is, it's, it, it you can't is. describe it, can you? It must be that the, your shoulders and your back are continuously aching and your head's so full of so many thoughts, you just want to explode. Absolutely. And, and, and your heart and your, and your gut, like your heart is so heavy. Yeah. Right? And we, and, and so, and, uh, and even though, you know, I've been through maybe to some, they've, it may seem more extreme, right? Um, you know, the years of addiction and homelessness and then in and out of jails and stuff like that. I think, you know, everyone has uh, their, their struggles and, and holding on to those things. It's the, the sad part and the, the challenging part is that we can look okay on the outside, right? We can put yeah. up a, a front or a smile or, or, you know, get through a day of work and, go to those family functions and underneath it there's this you know hurricane going there's this turmoil there's this pain and and um and that's what breaks my heart when i think of uh, when i i think of all the people out there who are uh, they live with that every day because i because i lived with it for years and years and years just holding this this you know darkness together and hold keeping it down because i was so scared of what would happen 
once I let it out. And back, you know, full circle to the advice or the suggestion or invitation to people yeah. is to, to just let some of that go and, and, and talk about it. Even if we uh, just say it out loud to ourselves, it can yep. be a really useful tool because I found that I could have a thought brewing in my head for days and days and days, and it would sound completely sane and like, you know, that I'm a bad person and all and all this stuff. Once I said it out loud, it was like, what was I thinking kind of thing. So even verbalizing some of these, these negative thoughts can really, they can open up a different way of, of looking at them. Right. And um, something I learned was that when you actually speak something your brain processes it differently because you hear it through your ear and then it goes in and it's processed differently than just a thought that's rolling around in your head. So if I have a thought rolling around in my head and then I say it out loud, it, it sounds differently. And then we can, we can you know, access it differently and, and work with it. So, but definitely uh, to, to just start to get some of that out. And if you have someone you can trust to just kind of talk to. I had some really close, amazing friends who I finally just said, you know, I, I need, I need to tell you something, you know, like I just, I can't stop doing drugs and, and, and stuff, even though I want to. And, and he's like, yeah, I know it's okay. Like just, and, but telling me is like the cherry on top. That's so cool. Like, I love you no matter what. I know that you're struggling. And now that you've said it, it's, it's okay. It's, it's all good. So, I mean, and, and so I just would do these little things bit by bit, right? Just because, uh, again, it could, if there's so much built up, years and years and years of anxiety, stress, depression, whatever, whatever anyone's going through, it can feel like a lot. Like, oh, if I open this can of worms, it's just going to explode all over the place and I'm never going to get a grip on it again. But I can tell you from experience that our bodies are amazing, our minds, our hearts are amazing, and it, it, it'll only let you deal with what you can deal with, you know. Yeah. And, and so just just share a little bit, right? And 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 then and then you stop or cry a little bit when it comes up. Just cry and like let it out, or or you know scream and let it out, or laugh and let it out, and and slowly these little bits will will start to come loose and start to be free of it you know when you were at your worst and you were rock bottom and you probably couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel yes at what point was it that it triggered that you then felt you could see a light can you remember the point when it was at its worst but something changed something maybe maybe it was the fact that you just couldn't keep it inside anymore and had to tell someone but at what point was it where you recognized that there was going to be a way out of this well i think that's a really important thing to address is that uh that when we are in the you know the midst of it in the eye of the tornado so to speak or something yeah right there's all this it, it feels like there's no way out yeah. And, and once I found, you know, a way out, I was able to look back and go, holy, what, like, what was I thinking? And, and, but it can be so hard to, to get out of that space. Yeah. And so I definitely don't want to, um, you know, make, uh, make it seem like it's an easy 
path and, and stuff. So what I want to express is that it is that it is possible and it's step by step by step, right? Yeah. I think for me, I'd spent so long in that negative place and that dark place. And and when I one of the the I think the biggest relief was when I was finally arrested when I uh, I mean, I touched on it a bit in the documentary, but really, I just needed to get caught for something and get put, you know, I just, I couldn't do it anymore. And, and so once I was arrested, and then I, um, and I still had to hold myself together. But once I got to the Nanaimo corrections, where I knew I could get into that program, that's when things, I was able to actually kind of let go and start to actually let some of the stuff um, uh, you know, pour, pour out, right? Because uh, even through the, the early stages of jail and stuff, you still have to keep your crap together. Right? Yeah, of like, course. I couldn't be, you know, bawling my eyes out or talking to people or, <laughs> no, you know, saying, oh, you know, all this stuff, right? And you still have to, you know, you've got to stay tough and all that. So, so I think it was once I got to the Guthrie and realized that there was other people there who, were doing the work there was people who cared and that I could just let go that I really started to let go and and that was a light in itself yeah. for me I think that was um I mean I talk about how a major catalyst for me uh, making the decision was uh was realizing that I was going to be a father right yeah and, we talked about that on the last podcast about your daughter and how it yeah. was a it was a reason to become a better person yeah and so and uh yeah and so that's where that's where the light you know the light kind of dawned on me and i i mean and see in a way the prison was a gift as you know it seems like a curse but in a way it was a gift because i was locked up i i couldn't go anywhere um i had three meals a day i had a bed I mean, a lot of people who are dealing with mental health and stuff, they, you know, they don't have a home or no. they have to work eight hours a day to maintain and keep their, keep their lives going. So and just, when, and just their sanity as well, you know, just to try and yeah. get through a day. Yeah. And so when do they have time to let go and to, to let go of, of this, when you're keeping yourself together and, and that's something for, for years, I, you know, I had, jobs and i was just working these jobs but still holding all this crap underneath um you just don't have it so i i can i can empathize and i can feel how hard it would be to actually to be able to let go because what on the weekend right and yeah uh, okay on the weekend i'm gonna <laughs> well then if you know if you're trying to talk to a counselor or something well they're closed on the weekends right you get you know or um it, so it can be really tough and i think that's where reaching out and asking for support from family and friends um so that you can just start to let little bits go and uh and let little bits out i think uh journaling is a great way to get things out of our heads and just get stuff down on paper because then it's not churning around inside um when when the bad stuff's happening and obviously the crimes are happening and stuff i'm sure you think and 
And I'm talking about in the moment that it's only you that's like that. It's only you that have ever been in that place. And I suppose when you're being cared for and you're in prison, you then get to realize that it's not just you. It's been in that place. And that must feel like, I know it sounds crazy, but that it must be reassuring that there's not just you in the whole world that's ever done that and made those mistakes and well, you're not alone, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, um, I mean, I, I think one of our basic human, you know, needs and wants is to connect, right? Yeah. To connect with people. So feeling like uh, on the outside, uh, right? Feeling for many years like I was no good or uh, and, and, and things and, and that, so I didn't, I didn't feel like I could connect with anyone because I was afraid of, oh, if I let them see who I really am, then, then they won't love me anymore. They won't like me anymore. They won't. And so it's that fear of losing the connection. So once you can see that there's other people like you, um, I mean, there's, I think more and more there's, uh, um, you know, resources and stuff at, that, that people can access. Um, I mean, whether it's even, I did AA and NA for some years and it was a great way to build a community and realize that I wasn't alone yeah. in that aspect of my life. Um, and then, uh, you know, and then I was in and out of treatment centers and, you know, for a number of years and every time I would, I would learn a bit more. And um, I mean, in a way, some of these programs, you know, these wellness, because I would, I went, the, the treatment centers I went to were more based in like a wellness, a wholeness um, kind of model. And, and uh, I mean, in a lot of ways, I was like, everybody needs to do a little two month stint at one of these and just kind of like, and be able to let go and yeah. you know and get and get into some of this stuff and kind of and realize hey we're not alone and, and there are other people like us and and stuff so is it strange that your mental state for so long and the voice inside your head was saying you can't be you you can't admit you can't tell the people who you really are because they won't accept you they won't like you they won't you know welcome you mm -hmm. is it strange now that you've done this documentary, you've done a number of podcasts and interviews, and you are now you and you're telling the world that now everybody is accepting and loving you more than you could ever possibly imagine. Because it's such a contrast, isn't it, that you were thinking it, so long for one way. And then when you yeah. take that jump, everyone's there ready with open arms to support and love you and help you. That's right. And, and that's, and that's what, that's like the main thing that I, 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 you know, want people to hear and to take away is that just because I am, you know, David Freeman and from Flight of the Navigator and people like, you know, love that and connected with that movie, that's, that's really, I mean, people are connecting me, with me on that level, but it's not the reason that, uh, that there's so much like love in a way and support for um, for me talking about my documentary, it's because people can relate and people have uh, themselves or a friend or a family or loved one that, that have been through 
um, you know, mental health or addiction or, or you know, any of these, these things that make life so challenging. So, so it's like, it's that thing of, I finally jumped off that cliff and was like, okay, is anyone, you know, uh, who's going to catch me? Who's going <laughs> to catch me? And uh, everyone did. And, everyone in the world they, was there. Yeah. And, think, and, and, and that works, uh, you know, for, for everyone. I yeah. really believe that. I mean, I, I watch a lot of Brene Brown and stuff and she talks about um, shame, you know, healing shame with connection and vulnerability. Right. So we all want to be vulnerable, but it takes someone kind of being vulnerable first sometimes of course, yeah. to then be like, Oh, well they did it. So now I can do it. Right. Oh, Oh. And then someone sees them. Oh, wow. They did it. And so now, now maybe I can do it. And it creates this, ripple effect or this just this chain of of uh, vulnerability which then brings connection because you relate to someone and then that connection is you know heals shame and and um and and the guilt and, and things and you just and it's so freeing it's yeah. so freeing and i think that i know that i've i've connected and talked to quite a few people and gotten amazing messages for people who said I finally, you know, talk to my family or talk to my friends about the, you know, mental health stuff that had been going on. And they were just like, what can we do? And, and I was so, you know, they would say, I'm so afraid for so long that I would be, wouldn't be accepted. And like we just went through when you risk and you kind of put yourself out there, um, nine times out of 10, you're going to get caught. The, the, the person's going to be yeah. there and they're going to catch you. And sometimes people don't understand or they're not ready to to uh you know to get into it or they don't know how to help or how to act and we just have to let you know let that stuff go as well but i think that um from my experience it's definitely nine times out of ten that uh, and that people are right there with you they go oh wow yeah i totally know what you're saying and it just takes someone to, to kind of take that first step and be like, okay, here I am. Right. And, and to see you on the other side now and in the light and the documentary, but not just that, just speaking to you over email and just seeing you, mm. you know, you've never looked better. You feel like you're living again. You've got a purpose. What What's the biggest change that you've had to make to sustain this what is it that stops you going back to that place what is it that is your reason every day and I think on the last podcast you talked about your love for your daughter and obviously being a father but it must be more than that that actually physically stops you going and doing those actions what is it that every day you're telling yourself or doing differently that's making you the person you are now well I completely changed my self-narrative right yeah I think that that's uh, that was key in my um, transformation, really, yeah. uh, because I uh, I was just reading something about they say that, you know, there's something like 90 plus percent of our thoughts are, are negative. Uh, right. They just like. Um, and so. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that although i do know that negative thoughts can take hold 
so much easier than a positive thought. They're like weeds, right? Our mind is our garden, right? And we've got to plant the seeds that we want to grow, right? Uh, uh, so, and negative thoughts are like a weed. They just, they grow and they grow and you've got to keep ripping them out. You've got to just keep pulling them and, and, and planting, you know, flowers and planting gratitude and planting love and joy and, and abundance and bliss and uh, friendships and family. So, changing my self-narrative yeah has been the hugest um the the biggest transformation for me uh every once in a while a negative thought will come up or something will happen and i'll be like oh i should be doing more than i'm than i'm doing or um or even every once in a while it's like oh i could just well you know oh maybe i i could just go get high one weekend right it's only one weekend, like, yeah. But it's yeah. like, you know, oh, and and the, but then I'll do that trick. I'll say it out loud, and, yeah. and it will sound completely ridiculous. <laughs> and I'll go, no, like, what's the? It, it. I mean, addiction is a really strong one, and and um, I mean, I have friends who you know even been clean for 20, 30 years, and they still say every once in a while they get that thought, oh, I could just go get high, I could just go. But that's drink. real though, isn't it? Because you yeah. don't just have a button you can turn off, and that's really important that people understand that you don't just say, right, I'm never going to do drugs again, and that's it. It's not that simple. You can't rewire yourself. I mean, well, you you can actually rewire but it takes it takes practice and it takes consistency and it takes yeah. time and what happens is um right and now when when i'm as i'm going about my day and i'm making lunch or i'm uh, you know going somewhere the thoughts that are going through my head are like i am love i am abundance i am joy i am gratitude and and uh and if something comes in like oh you know, oh, am I going to make rent this month or whatever? You know what? No. Yes. I mean, yes, I will. It's okay. And I just go back to, no, life is good. Right. And just keep, just keep implanting those positive thoughts. And, and, um, you know, it can, to some, it can sound cheesy or <laughs> it can sound ridiculous or maybe a little you know mystical but it it works and more and more i think that we know that it that it works you know gratitude can change uh the chemical you know your your brain chemistry right being grateful for things um you know the law of attraction and abundance like it you know energy flows it, it, it's a circular thing so the more that I can give away uh, of love and joy or wealth or health or whatever, the more that will come back to me. And, and, um, and it's just a, a constant give and take of, of energy and flow. So, um, and I, I guess to finally wrap up <laughs> that question that we went off on. I can't even remember the question. <laughs> well, it was what, what makes, yes, you know, the what change, stops yes. me from going back, yeah. right? What stops me from going back. And really, I mean, I, it's myself now. I yeah. love myself, right? Whereas for so many years, I, I just, I couldn't stand being in my own skin. And, and now um, I'm doing what I love. I'm pursuing, you know, acting and, and uh, we've been doing some cool, I did a couple of cool short films here on the island and even got to work on a couple of feature, you know, little independent features with some really great local filmmakers. 
Um, and so I'm doing what I love and following my heart and then success comes and, uh, and I just, I love myself and I believe, and I believe in myself and it took some practice, right? Yeah. It took some practice. It's not overnight. I had, to, I had to tell myself that, you know, these, these positive things until it finally took root. It was that fake it till you make it a little yeah. bit at first. It was like, okay. And that's where just writing down three, you know, three things you're grateful for every day. Even if it's, I'm grateful for running water. I'm grateful for a hot shower. I'm yeah. grateful for uh, the fresh air today. Just really simple three, you know, things. And then they'll, they'll start to take root a little more. Gratitude is an amazing one for, for transforming that self-narrative. And, uh, and these positive I am statements. So anyone out there who wants to try and instill a new way of thinking and, and reverse that negative self-talk, I am statements, you know, I am love, I am joy, I am happiness, I am abundance, I am wealth, I am health, uh, are amazing. Uh, and, uh, and gratitude is, is incredible, so. There's a, there's a lot to learn, isn't there, in life? And every day is another different chapter of something else. And it's it's frightening, isn't it? As the older I get, I, I realize things I always used to think were important aren't. And the right. small things that I took for granted are the biggest things. That's my lesson I've got at the moment at my age. I love it. I love it. It's so true, for sure. And how is life? You said you're going to auditions. You've been involved in some shorts. You know, you've got some yeah. Comic Cons appearances coming up in the UK. And then, I, you know, I do. I'm really looking forward to coming to the UK. I'll be in Edinburgh in October, October 9th and 10th, um, and uh, and then Manchester December 8th and 9th. I think. You know, I got to work on a really cool um, feature film here with some local actors and filmmakers that should be out um, in some festivals fairly well, probably by spring, I would think. It's Perfect. called the 12 Step Strangler. Nice. It's a, it's a, it's a neat uh, kind of thriller whodunit type of thing about uh, someone who's uh, about a killer who's, who's preying on relapsing addicts in, in 12 Step. Wow. So it's kind of neat. It's it's really cool. It's original. I like the concept. <laughs> yeah. Um, some great people working on it. And uh, and I also had the pleasure of working on a, another feature called Fragile Seeds and uh, another local film. I played a really creepy guy. It was, um, it was uh, challenging, to say the least, because I totally don't agree with who this guy is at all. So it was... It was finding that, uh, like, okay, diving into this character who's a really dark, uh, you know, evil, pretty much evil person. You'll have to see. But uh, another, you know, great crew of filmmakers here on the island. Um, I've been, you know, doing acting classes. And then most recently, I'm really excited. So I had a little cameo in a, in a kind of a mind-blending horror film called Fried Berry. Okay um he's uh so ryan kruger he's a south african writer director who put out his first feature called fried berry and and he really wanted me to be in it but with covid and everything i couldn't fly and so he took a little clip of me from the documentary and put it on the tv and so the main character fried berry is flipping through the tv and 
and there's and there I come up and and I have a little chat. So, um, I, so that was really cool. And then Ryan was uh, was a huge Flight of the Navigator fan and and started making films and was you know, um, and his next film uh, we really want to work on together. It's still kind of hush hush. I can't really say much about it, but um, I'm really looking forward to uh, to working on a movie with him. And I think it'll be a really cool opportunity to uh, to do something uh, really like really fun, really cool, and uh, and it'll be kind of my first big piece of acting in a long time. So does it feel it. quite intimidating and scary, or are you just like so eager to get back to it? I will admit, when I at first, uh, you know, I sent him, I sent him a self tape, and he's like, I think I knew I wanted you in it, but he's like, I really want you for the lead, and I was like. instantly like yes (laughs) yeah and then and then i'm like oh can i can i pull this off and so there's that thing right that 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 self-talk it's like oh can i can i do this you know 30 day shoot and memorizing all these lines and all the character you know script analysis and and all that that worry started to come in but literally only for a second i'm like no i i can do this i i am doing this i have done it it's already and this is what I was meant to do. You've and wanted this, this as was... well. You've wanted this for some amount of serious time. I have, I have. And so um, as it's that, it's pushing through that fear and that, and that because that fear becomes excitement and becomes fuel to, to power our dreams and to make our dreams come to, come to fruition and, and become a reality. So I'm really, really looking forward to it. And it'll only open more doors. You know, you're going to be in a lead role. People then start seeing you again, remembering you for the acting work you've done in the past. Yeah. It brings it back to everyone's memories. And then before you know it, you'll be doing another one and another one. And then, you know, it's, it's, it's exciting. It's what you, it's what you've wanted for so long. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's never too late to be who you might've been. I say that one a lot, but it's really, it's never too late. It's beautiful. Stuff. I'm so it's so good to see. I know it's hard because you're on the inside and we're talking about you to you, but to see it from <laughs> the outside and me going on the internet and reading all the bad things and the worst times, watching the documentary, being a fan of your original work, and then getting to know you and talk to you mm. a lot over email and now have you back on. It's it's so good to see. It's so beautiful to see how you've just come out on the right side and everything is there for you and it should be because you're such a genuinely good person and I, I just can't wait to see where it goes thanks Mark. thank you it's important thanks. and I really do appreciate you coming back on it's uh, a pleasure and I think it will be something that will end up being like an annual thing because I want to stay in contact you know we talk a lot and uh I, I count you as a friend, if that makes sense. I, I'm, I'm looking out yeah. for you, and it, it's good to see you. I'm, I'm so happy to see you looking so well and so happy. Thank you. Big things. It's coming. It's great. And I'm we're going to have dinner together and beers and pizza, and it'll all be good. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. La- last time you came on, I, um, I asked you what song you wanted on for the outro, and you chose Pearl Jam. But we're going to go there again, and you get to choose a second time. And not many people have been on twice. There's you, Alex Winter, the singer of Frice. But there's not many people that have been on twice, but it also means you get to choose a different song. And you are prepared because you know what happens. But 
after today's chat this episode's ended it's all edited what song do you want to play out this time that you think is a perfect song for you and it's hard because we've had pearl jam and they're for me the best eddie vedder's the man but is well there, yeah is, is there something else or another band or maybe another pearl jam song or something that it's it's you know it's there inside your heart that you know should be on this episode you may have to think about that one a little bit um, it's fine there's no rush but i'm not letting you go away and then email me it's got to be today right and you play the guitar and sing a lot so there's probably a lot of songs you could pick well i mean i would we we did present tense last time didn't we yeah what a song oh man those lyrics I know. I'm actually so excited. I'm going to see Pearl Jam uh, at the Ohana Fest in September in Southern California. I've got tickets for London next July. Oh, yeah. Me it's, too. Been can- it's been cancelled two years running. It has. Two years running. I know. I'm going as well. I'm are you going? Really going? Amazing. I am. Which day yeah. are you going? Friday or Saturday? Both. Oh, man. I will meet you on the Saturday. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hyde Park. It's going to be incredible. Yeah. yeah pixies and stuff it's gonna be great. yeah incredible <sighs> let's see um um um, um. <laughs> it's funny isn't it what's some of the first ones that come to your head and heart that you think well I st- part of me i was like uh, you know uh, just for the i kind of went to another pearl jam i kind of went to um red mosquito because I love it. And there's a line in the end where he says, if I had known then what I know now, right? Um, yeah. Shouldn't that, shouldn't that be the one? Isn't that what we've talked about today? Isn't the reason you're going to be at Pearl Jam when I'm there in London? Doesn't it all just make sense that we go with that? It does. Let's do it. I love it. <laughs> yes. I love it. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I love Pearl Jam. Any excuse I can get to use Pearl Jam on a podcast, it's great. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's why for you're sure. always welcome back. Eventually, we'll do the whole of Vitology versus 10, the lot. Oh, man. It's, uh, yeah. And they're, man, this man, Gigaton is pretty incredible, too. I've just been. Yeah. And, uh, and I've been really diving into Lightning Bolt, too, because I was actually. I wasn't really <laughs> around when it was released, so I've been really diving into it. There's some amazing stuff. I just, yeah, I just learned sleeping by myself on the oh, guitar. What a tune! And there's 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 forgotten gems by Pearl Jam as well. So I've been listening to the song Sirens loads, absolutely oh, loads. Yeah. That's absolutely oh. incredible. But when I first heard it, I wasn't that it blown is. away. I was just like, yeah, it's okay. But then I started listening to it more, and I was like oh my God, like this song is absolutely incredible. It really is. I saw a great interview um, with them and, and Mike McCready said that was probably his, his because uh, he wrote the music for that. Right? Yeah. He, uh, I mean, I, I think they collaborated a bit, but he said that was really my, like the, you know, my, my, the pinnacle, like that, that song just came together and then, and then the way that Eddie puts the cadence of the it's words. It's beautiful. Like, it's just, oh, man. It's, yeah. it's so yeah. minimal at times, but then it's got such an effect on me. I, I, I Honestly, that song, I can just cry. I'm like, that is so good. Is. I could go on and on and on about Pearl Jam, man. I just like. I oh, love that you're coming yeah. to London. I love that. I can't believe you're going to be there. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Three years yeah, wait going... in the end. Oh, my God. I know. I know. I'm really, yeah, but I'm really excited for that one for sure. I, I saw Eddie, he did a, an acoustic show uh, two years ago. It was two years ago, three days ago, and he supported The Who at Wembley. Right. And he did an acoustic set. He played Cordroy, Black, 
all the classics on his own with an acoustic. And luckily, when the Who were on, we saw him in the crowd. I walked over to him, security stepped in the way, but he shook my hand and I just said, Eddie, you're a god. And I was like, that was my moment. I know. I was like, I didn't I didn't get anything signed. I didn't get a photo, but me and my friend Darren were like, that that's enough. Like, I know I've got that forever. As much as I'd love the photo and put my arm on, he was enjoying the who. I should never rob him of that. I don't want to be that person that disturbs him. But he had enough to just lean over, shake my hand. And I was like, just gave him the look of like, thank you. Oh, that's brilliant. I remember seeing that because I'm part of the Pearl Jam fan club. So, they, you know, they sent me a little notice. Hey, you know, the Who's playing and Eddie's playing, you know, right. And I'm like, oh, man, I would love to come. But I just I just couldn't make it happen. So, Well, London next year, it's going to be worth the wait. Yeah. We should do a Pearl Jam podcast. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> totally. thank you dude for coming back on it's an absolute pleasure to have you on i really appreciate it awesome so there it is there's my interview with me and the amazing joey kramer so open so honest and is himself throughout the whole interview and when you're on the market me podcast and you're doing these interviews day in day out these are the best interviews you can ask for I absolutely love Joey and I love how he doesn't hold back and he is himself. I can't wait to hopefully do a third part to this interview and we'll do this in person when he's here later in the year in the UK. If you've enjoyed today's episode, all I ask is that you share it. It costs absolutely nothing to do and as simple as just touching a button on your phone or your laptop. Share it on your Facebook, your Twitter, your Instagram and let's get this podcast heard by a whole new audience. It really does make a difference and I really appreciate it every time I see someone do this. Also I do have a Patreon page set up and I have some amazing prizes from Last Exit to Nowhere and Vice Press. Some t-shirts, some incredible posters and prints and these are available exclusively if you support me via Patreon. Basically, if you're new to Patreon and don't know what you're basically getting up to or signing yourself up for, all it is is it's your way of saying thank you for these episodes. It may be a pound you want to donate every month or even more, but all I do is then put that money back into the podcast and it allows me to travel, host the podcast on loads of different networks and do all I can. I don't make any money off it and it all goes right back into Mark and me. It's really busy at the moment and I have no plans to stop. I haven't been very well and I won't ignore that so I'm going to take a week off from today because I really need to. The doctors have said to me you really need to rest so I'm actually going to listen for the first time ever and do that. But I will be back in just over a week's time with a new episode. So until then, look after yourself, take care, go and watch the documentary Life After the Navigator and I'll see you all very very soon.